Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very good, doing very good. Just enjoyed a spooky weekend for Halloween. Cool. Have you had any strange encounters with fluke dice rolls? <laughs> I have, indeed, yeah. Funny you should mention that. Uh, we, I think we were trying to work out the odds of this. I managed to roll... I was playing a, a war game, and uh, my leader attacked and rolled five ones on five dice, which is already unlucky enough. We picked ourselves up off the floor. That's not even called snake eyes, is it? It's like spider eyes. Yeah, yeah. Composite eye. <laughs> <laughs> picked ourselves up off the floor and then the next activation my uh, my opponent attacked with a different character who also had five attacks and he also rolled five ones it's crazy ten that ones i've never ones. seen yeah. never seen anything like that in all my years of gaming i saw one response when you put that online someone just went congratulations you've experienced the one in 60 million event <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, okay <laughs> yeah it'd be nice yes. to have won the lottery but you know <laughs> There we go. And how are you? Yes, I'm very good as well. I've just spent the weekend uh, doing, I suppose it's not even my day job, my doing a counselling residential. So talking about difference and diversity and yeah, not really thinking about Arkham at all, which I don't know if there's any segue we can do. What follows on from that? Not much. I didn't mention H.P. Lovecraft at any point. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was a there was a solid H.P. Lovecraft reference in the latest episode of Riverdale, the Halloween episode. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, and actually, the one the one the week before as well, someone made a comment about there being rats in the walls. Oh, nice! That was quite a good little in joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what are we what we're talking about today? Yeah, I don't know how I can talk about what follows on from that, but we yes. are announcing a card from the upcoming Mythos Pack, the Search for Kadath. Yes, And after that, we're talking about competitions. We've got not one, but two competition-related items. So stay tuned for that. You could be about to win or have won something. That's fun. Have you got a dog there? Yeah, in the street. Oh, really? God, I can hear it. She's yeah. pretty uh, excited about the card <laughs> we're about to announce, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can see the art and he's getting aggravated. Listener, if you can hear a dog. Sorry about that. It's in the street. Makes a change from the, stories down. the usual animal we hear on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> How are the, the wild beasts? They're fine. They're sealed away at the moment, so I'm not going to bother us today. Cool. No more chit-chat. Let's do this. Yes, I'm this excited. This is <laughs> a rogue card. It's an event. It's level zero no xp two cost with intellect and agility icons and it's called followed it's a tactic and it reads investigate choose an enemy at your location you get plus one intellect for this investigation for each damage on the chosen enemy to a maximum of plus five intellect if you succeed discover one additional clue at this location this action does not provoke attacks of opportunity from the chosen enemy. The art, which I think is worth describing, is by Joshua Kairos, and it is, I think, Trish Scarborough in her raincoat, peeking round a corner at what looks like a night gaunt that has kind of bloodied wings. So I'm assuming she's followed it. Yeah. Or maybe she's realised that it's followed her. Yeah, is this the idea that the more damaged the enemy is, the easier it is to see what it's up to? Yeah, makes it easier to to 
track them and gain clues from them. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's an implication there, isn't there, that the monsters we see during a scenario are somehow contributing to the clues we get, which isn't always the case. But, you know, sometimes it's quite laughable to play an evidence after you've beaten up a night gaunt. But maybe, yes. <laughs> like, you know, tell me what you know, that's that sort of thing. But But maybe we should make more of a connection between the creatures of the mythos and the clues we gather. Yeah. There's three things to talk about in this card, really, isn't there? Okay. Well, I'm glad you're going to say that because I have no idea how to approach yeah. this card. <laughs> it's uh, I couldn't quite get my head around it when I first looked at it. One of the things I missed, actually, if we read it carefully... Well, <laughs> let's just look at the three parts of it. Okay, break it down for us. First up, it's it's a boost to your intellect if there's a damaged enemy at your location, mm-hmm. which could be good, especially yeah. if you are a low-intellect fighter, right? Yeah. So, like a, a Tony or a Tommy... No, not Tommy. Um, Mark. Mark, intellect two, yeah. It's a tactic, so he can take it. Exactly. Uh, Tony, uh, who's got yeah. intellect three, so he's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also he likes damaging enemies, so this could be a really good way of, of getting a boost. Okay, so it's yeah. that. It's also find an extra clue if you're successful. Yeah. And I hadn't realised this is, that's regardless. Yeah. Of, yeah, it of, could of, read, investigate, if you succeed, discover one additional clue at this location. Yeah. Uh, and finally, it's an investigate that doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity from an enemy at your location. Yeah. Which also might be good if you're in a particularly... So, like a Finn, who's more of an evasion, investigate focus character. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can't evade the enemies for whatever reason, he can just use this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's striking to see a rogue card that doesn't care about when you play it in the order of the turn because we've seen a few fated cards in the rogue faction that end your turn so you really want to queue them up to finish your turn so it's quite nice to see a card like this that allows you to take a, an investigate uh sort of out of sequence i think that i'm doing air quotes the idea that normally if i'm dealing with an enemy i'll like i'll kill the enemy first then i'll do my investigating then i'll move on and there's a nice order for things but if you have a card that allows you to ignore attacks of opportunity, you can do things out of order. It's reminding me of Narrow Escape. Where hmm. you, can, you can hold back your weapon or you can use Narrow Escape to do an investigate and cancel the attack and then deal with the enemy. So you sort of leverage enemies for your gain, yeah. which feels quite roguish, doesn't it? So the card this reminds me of is Scene of the Crime, which is a two-cost event. It's, I mean, it's a Guardian card, obviously. Uh, two-cost event, which gets you two clues if there's an enemy at your location and doesn't trigger attacks for opportunity. There is a limitation on Scene of the Crime that you have to play it first action, which actually can be quite tricky to do. You really need to have drawn the enemy to get the most out of it or, you know, keep one over the, over the mythos phase and the enemy phase. Mm, yeah. There is an echo of that in this card. However, with this card... Although we've got the flexibility to play it when we want, we have to pass a test in order to get the clues. It seems like it might be a disadvantage. Yeah, I think that's at the heart of the big difference between Followed and Scene of the Crime. Mm. Scene of the Crime is testless. It does come with limitations about when you play it, but you know that you're getting one or two clues based on whether or not there's an enemy. And with this... The ideal is that you get a nice plus five intellect and it's nearly a sure thing with the test. But that's in no way guaranteed. We all know about the whims of the Chaos Bag. So it adds an element of risk that I can imagine some players just saying, no way. 
we mentioned Mark, and I think it's probably worth going on to talk about that boost and yeah. what would be a reasonable boost. Just before we move on, can I just mm. touch on the fact that it's a test first? Because okay, to me, yeah, yeah. that's maybe at the core of this card, unless you want to talk about the boost first. No, no, no. Tell me about that. I, I should have researched this beforehand, Frank, but are there, how many cards are there which it's an event where there's an investigate attached? Ooh, um... There's a few I can think of, like Unearth the Ancients has got one, but that replaces finding the clue. Yes. Is yeah. there Interrogate? Yeah. Seeking Answers? Yeah. There's also Eavesdrop, which is probably worth throwing into the mix with this card, but maybe we'll touch on that in a moment. That's a test, but it's not an Investigate. Yes, you need an enemy or location to use that card. Yes, they have to be an unengaged enemy. You test intellect X where X is their evade value. Yeah. If you succeed, you get two clues. It's a very rarely run card, I think. It really is, yeah, yeah. What I was driving at is that in Rogues, we've got a faction who prefer to put cards into tests, maybe mm. over just passing that test automatically. Although they have the tools to do that as well. We've seen an Intel report come out recently, which... Yeah, you could pay Another four. To throw into the mix. Yeah, yeah, you could just pay four and get two clues from your location rather than paying two and and taking a test to try and get two clues. Yeah. Rolling the dice on this card, yeah. but I mean the, the obvious card to to mention in this context is double or nothing, mm. especially if you're getting a boost, an intellect boost from a damaged enemy. So maybe three or four, possibly, mm-hmm. if there's yeah. that, and and you can double or nothing that test, and suddenly you've got. Well, plus four or five, even plus six to your your intellect at that point because you've got double or nothing mm-hmm. in the test as well. And it's you're getting wild from that. Yeah. four clues if you succeed. Mm. Yes, there's no way of making an intel report give you four clues unless you use double-double. Yes. But with double or nothing, you could make this into a four-clue single action. Yeah, or or even just throw in, you know, a, a watch this if it's an easy test or a... Or, if you've got your succeed by two rogue build going, uh, you know, opportunist is in there as well or something. Mm, yeah. Well, strikingly, you can't throw in a watch this to this test because it doesn't have an intellect icon. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But all of the other A, ones, a quick, quick thinking quick or something. Thinking, yeah. Double or nothing. Yeah. You're all in as well. If you're getting a big boost, you may as well bring Lin along as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Draw some cards. Yeah. 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 So let's, that does lead us neatly on then to talking about the boost. Yes, I think it's really striking and a little bit perverse that this card comes up in the Dream Eaters when we've seen, some, not all, but quite a few low-health enemies operating in swarms. Yeah, <laughs> so the idea of one yeah. beefy enemy hanging around. I mean, there are some so far that we've seen, but they're rather thinner on the ground. Yeah, my my head sort of straight away goes to Dunwich and the idea of conglomerations of spheres being around, yeah, yeah. and that you can really pile damage onto them. But... I mean, the end of Circle and Dun as well, there was certainly some... There was the dancers there, there was the Piper. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, fewer the fewer the high-health enemies cropped up mm. towards the end of that, that campaign, and even earlier on in that campaign, actually. There seemed to be fewer but beefier enemies there. And if I were to put you on the spot, what would you like to be a reasonable boost if you're paying two in a card to investigate? To get two clues, I would say it very much depends on the character I'm playing as. Uh, mm. I'd like to be maybe three over the test value if I'm putting a, an event into it and paying two. Mm. So yeah. that could be a boost of two or more. 
depending on which character I'm playing as. Obviously, if you're Finn, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you, that that aspect of the card is less useful to you than if, if you're Mark. Yeah, if you're Mark, what you love about Scene of the Crime is that it's testless because you avoid your weakest stat. <laughs> yes. So even though this could get you to an Intellect 7, chances are, unless you've got a really beefy enemy that you've been slowly whittling down, chances are you're not going to get it to that, that much of a boost. And if using this card in Mark, you're only getting plus two, say, and you're only intellect four, that, that's fine for a Shroud two location, but anything higher than that, it doesn't feel great. Yeah. So at that point, do you punch the enemy again to try and get an extra boost? Yeah. Punch yourself, use Sophie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That works. Yeah. yeah. I think it's striking as well that, remember in Rogues, you can pay two for a plus three intellect on Streetwise. And that's been the gold standard for a couple of cycles before the taboo list came out. And so this is saying, well, pay a card and two and we'll give you an extra clue, which I think is is nice because one of the reasons you might not run a card like Eavesdrop is that you decide you don't need the clue compression. You'd rather spend your resources on just passing tests. And this seems to bake in, I think, a little bit more. You're getting a boost. You're getting clue compression as well. Yeah, I, I like that side of it. It's a funny card, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess my next question to you, Frank, is who takes it? Mm-hmm. I mean, who can take it is, is a good question. Yeah, so who can I mean, take it? Obviously Skids, the rogues. Skids, Jenny, Finn, Seth, uh, Preston. Some of them don't jump out to me too strongly. For instance, Seth and Preston with their low intellect. Yeah. I start to think, well... You're going to want the enemy to be so damaged to make it worthwhile that maybe it's not decent. Yeah. Mark, as we've mentioned, can take it. Of course, in Safina, you, you've got the chance of uh, ending it, uh, up with this on your palette to be able to copy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, there is yeah. that. And, uh, you know, it, like worth acknowledging this is clue acceleration for rogues. Yeah. Which is pretty thin on the ground. Before this, we've got eavesdrop and intel report. Yeah. So adding a little bit more if we want to have a really investigative rogue this is a really nice card to add to the to the mix yeah i potentially think in in like a fin deck mm. it looks really nice uh, mainly as clue acceleration because it takes some of the pressure off of your out of faction slots which would often be sh- shoring up whatever you decide you want to do with the character mm. so yes. I, i've always liked stuff well things like fingerprint kit you know that's a that's a common Jenny card as mm-hmm. one of her off class yeah. cards because it's a it's three deductions strapped together as one card mm. and she can afford to pay for and it, she can yeah. afford to pay for it yeah but if we can start bringing in clue acceleration that's that's rogue then those slots are a bit you know you could be more playing those slots yes yeah absolutely I also um, wondered whether Wendy doesn't like it and I was going to throw Leo in as well actually oh interesting um, and. And I, I sort of want to like probe what we're both doing there because I'm throwing Leo in because he can maybe damage enemies and have either soak to deal with the enemy or is able to then kill the enemy afterwards. To me, is Leo not just taking things like scene of the crime or evidence? He might be, yeah. Over over this card. Because there's yeah. such an overlap. I think unless you're doing a build which is pulling off uh, double or nothing tricks or, or other skill card tricks... Mm-hmm. maybe you prefer the certainty of those Guardian cards. I mean, Leo might be doing that. 
He might be doing that, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about Wendy and then I'll I'll pitch another situation. Exactly why I picked Wendy, because Wendy's often the the nonsense combo character, isn't she? Because she's got access mm-hmm. to all those survivor tricks to help her pass tests. Yeah, yeah. And um can redraw tokens. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and she can replay this from her discard pile as well. If she's yes, absolutely, yeah. Down. yeah, she can start scooping clues for days. I like how it's rounding out that space that there are more ways of getting clues. Yeah, it, it makes me look forward to a time of having a toolboxy deck. Yeah. And may- maybe there um maybe there'll be a scenario in future where there are high health, low fight enemies that you can kind of rough up or maybe they're aloof, something like that, so you can put damage on enemies that aren't really threatening you and using adaptable to put a couple of followeds in, you could could become like a really nice scenario specific choice. Yeah. Or like you said, you know, going into the later stages of Circle Undone, your character Text in more clue tech and yeah responds to enemies in that way. So I mean, you mentioned Finn and Wendy; they can both evade enemies. We've mentioned some characters like Tony or Leo or Mark who could then kill the enemy. Yeah, that's I think the other thing that's dancing around this card, which is it doesn't deal with the enemy. Yeah, and yeah. spending actions not dealing with the enemy while the enemy's on you can be pretty tricky. Yeah, or it, it can it can be a a bad line of play, I think, is a better way of putting it. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, we've been speculating a bit about uh, what rogue cards for Tony this cycle would look like. Because mm. it, it's easy to see all the other investigators, what their thing is, how they work, yeah. what would synergize with them. And we've been throwing around some ideas of what, what a card that supports Tony would look like, considering mm. whether cards that uh, generate resources or give you supply or ammo when you kill enemies. So that, that kill an enemy trigger, you know, that might be something that Tony Tony dives into a little bit. But also this the idea of a of a of a wounded enemy, of it's taken some damage, that might be a Tony thing as well. A bounty hunter on the trail. Exactly, yeah. Enemy. Just uses yes. knuckle dusters to, to rough someone up, finds out where they're hiding, and then finishes and then, them off. I mean it's it's so nice that idea that you almost pause the fight. Yeah. To investigate, that's you following them to their lair, and then he follow he kills them off and gets his bounty. That feels, yeah, oozing in theme. Yeah, like really, very much so. Yeah, and of course, it, it, if he does two damage, then that's the enemy on that. That's you investigating at five, yeah. which is pretty tasty. Mm, yeah, that's that's really good, and he gets extra actions if the enemy has a bounty. So you could be potentially, if it's a bigger enemy, hit them twice. Yeah. And then you're getting a plus four unfollowed. Yeah. And then finish them and off. And then you've still got a, a last action to finish them off, which, yeah, you know, because he gets that specific action compression, he has the time to fool around with enemies where your classic three action guardian doesn't have the time to do that. And that's where I think Finn fits in nicely to this as well. Finn has that free evade action yeah so you can evade an enemy and then choose them at your location and carry on or say it's an enemy you're going to kill you can evade the enemy sneak attack it play your followed and then do the final point of damage whether that's a coup de grace or a small favor or whatever it is he's got a sort of suite of events that he can be using to whittle down an enemy and grabbing clues off them yeah yeah me too me too and i'd love to see a tony build which leans into those committing those skill cards those those fun roguish skill cards to tests as well mm. so i think that plays yes. well with this card uh stick a quick thinking I on feel this like that's a sort of go big or go home tony yeah it's you know you end up at 
10 combat or (laughs) five or six intellect when you take test seven or eight intellect but it's all about reaping the benefits of really overcommitting. yeah i think i think that could be really cool Uh, the other situation i'd describe is using this card in multiplayer specifically and in that situation you don't have to worry as much about who's dealing with the enemy because maybe you've got two characters who are on enemy management duty and as long as you can time your turn nicely, you can have one character start to kill an enemy. You can take your turn and play followed. And then you have the final character, whether that's, you know, Rita with a, a one point of damage evade or someone with, you know, a final shot at an enemy finishing them off. And it's just a nice way of sort of levering, leveraging that situation that you might have on a turn where one character starts to kill an enemy, but the plan is always that someone else is going to finish them off. And that that feels quite nice as a just as, it feels like a bit more flexibility than scene of the crime gives you. Yeah, I suppose you could still have one of your fighters start to kill an enemy, and then you play scene of the crime when your turn begins. But yeah, there's there's just a I like the idea of sneaking followed in sort of halfway through a turn in multiplayer. You're like, oh, just got two clues. Yeah, carry yeah. on, <laughs> kill that enemy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that feels nice. What are we missing? I don't I don't know if we're missing anything else. As with all of these cards, it gets harder and harder to see how they fit in and how they kind of squeeze their way into a crowded field. I really like the idea of playing this in a in a Tony deck and using it on bountied enemies. That feels pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's I think there's a nice thematic deck there. It's also there's this if you're right, and it's Trish Scarborough on here. Mm. Is this a hint that she's going to be a rogue and that this card might work well with her? I'm always yes. considering that. And is it a hint that she's coming next cycle? You know, sometimes we get big alarm bell cards. I think it's Trish. Have a look at the art listener and tell us if we're wrong. But she, I think she wears a blue coat and one of those hats. They're called cloche hats. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm gonna. Cool. I'm googling Trish Scarborough right now. Okay. She does look like she's got a blue raincoat, on, but she doesn't have a cloche hat on. Maybe I'm way off the mark. Maybe this is a different character. Oh, hang on. Her coat. Wait a minute. Let's have a look back at the card. You can edit all this out, Frank. Her coat is very similar, but and she's got like shortish blonde hair, the same as that. Hmm, interesting. As a mood piece as well, having a character dressed in blue at the front of the image, and then a misty street that's all of its tones are kind of bluish grey. I think it's a really nicely composed piece of art. Yeah, yeah. It feels really evocative and really... Yeah, just really well thought out. It's one of those cards that re- makes me really love the way that they play with pers- perspective in Arkham cards. They don't always do it, but it's quite nice when you... you this card, I feel like I'm looking down a long street, you know, the, in the background there are fire escapes and it looks like the scaffolding. What I think is interesting is is the tense. It says followed, which makes mm. it seem like your character is the one being followed. Do you know what I mean? Not Mark followed. Bounty followed, yeah. Yeah, it's like you are followed rather than you are following. Mm. Yeah, it's not trailing or shadowing. Snooping. Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 there was a certain, when I looked at the card, there was a certain amount of ambiguity about exactly what it was representing. Maybe it's followed like owned. <laughs> like, <laughs> followed. <laughs> Give me them, please. Yeah. Let's move on. 
<laughs> and let's move on to the first of two competitions that we want to talk about. So later yeah. in this episode, we're announcing the results to our Carcosa Circle Undone deck building challenge. Yes. Stay tuned to find out if you won. But we're also taking part in something called Blackest Friday 2019. Yes, we did this last year as well. We did, yeah. It was great fun. So if you don't know, Vase Odin, who is the innkeeper over at Twisted Tentacle Inn, likes to celebrate the fact that it's Blackest Friday, which it's an American thing, right? Black Friday. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Sales and, and coming up to Christmas. And it's all about celebrating the wonderful nature of the Arkham community, the fact that people make podcasts and YouTube channels and things like that. And... It's about Vase just showing off his incredible generosity, I think. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, So he has given us, the podcast, to give out as a prize the entire Forgotten Age cycle. Which is an amazing gift. So that is the deluxe expansion of the Forgotten Age. And then Threads of Fate, The Boundary Beyond, Heart of the Elders, City of Archives, Depths of Yoth, and Shattered Eons, all six Mythos packs. So this could be a great gift to give to a friend who's just getting into the game great thing to have for yourself to fill out your collection if you've not got the cycle yet a great thing to win anyway to give to someone that you're hoping to teach the game who might buy in you know there's so many things you could do with this maybe you just want two sets of the forgotten age because you love it that much yeah maybe yeah play through one with each hand yeah <laughs> you could have the alternate timeline forgotten age yeah different table <laughs> in your play as two skids at the same time yeah <laughs> Dark skids and light skids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Peter, what what's our competition and how do people win something? Okay, so we kicked this around as an idea for the Dream Eaters. We're tweaking mm-hmm. it slightly for the Forgotten Age here. In the deluxe for the Forgotten Age, we got five investigators, as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Leo Anderson. Yep. We got Ursula Downs. Mm-hmm. Father Matteo. We got Finn Edwards. And we got Calvin Wright. Did I get all did I get all those right? Yeah. Now that you've edited the list of me saying every investigator. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so those are the investigators we've got in the box. What we wanted you to do is design a card for them that would be it would work as a faction card. So it would be, you know, work in any uh investigator of that faction, but be have a particular synergy with the investigator from the box. Does that make sense? Has, has what I said make sense? Yeah, so that makes sense. So can I give an example? Yes, then? please do, yeah. So you could design a guardian card, and it would be a good guardian card that works with any guardian, but putting it in Leo would feel like a thematic and a flavorful, but also maybe a mechanical win. So maybe it would be a different guardian ally because Leo loves allies, or something that does something to allies, which most guardians would like, but Leo would like particularly. What we're looking for really is good ideas for cards. Uh, don't worry too much if you're not able to format them onto a, what looks like a card. Just sends the card details. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry too much about finely tuning the balance or anything like that. Uh, we're really just after a really cool, thematic and mechanically interesting idea. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I like thinking about what would be a good card for this faction and particularly for this investigator within the faction is... As we've said many times before, the individual investigator is the unit of deck building in this game. Yeah. And 
it's so fun to think about what are the characteristics of this faction, but also how does this investigator in particular interact with that? Yeah, absolutely. As we've just done talking about Followed, how does Followed work with Finn rather than, say, Skids or Seth? What qualities does he have that make it a better card or not? And the nice thing about the Forgotten Age is that there are features of all five of those investigators that could be keyed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got Relic for Ursula, Blessed for Mateo, Spirit for Calvin, Illicit for Finn. You know, there's options. Yeah. So all you do, design your card. You can just send us an email. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. If you want to mock the card up using strange eons, that's something you can do. If you look online, you can find the uh, information. But if you don't mock up a card, if you just send us an email saying, my card is this card, it costs this resources, this is what it does... That's fine with us as well. And the deadline is the end of November. We'll talk about the cards on an episode when we pick a winner. That could be a really fruitful discussion as well, getting us thinking about the factions and how they inter- interact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. And in the meantime, check out Vaze's uh, YouTube channel. He's Twisted Tentacle In on YouTube. Just fantastic Arkham content. So check him out as well. Mm. Yeah, I particularly like he does, I think it's called Know Your Investigator as a series, where he picks an investigator and kind of goes into their, their lore, their backstory, explores them a little bit. You know, somewhat similar to our investigator-specific episodes, but maybe with a bit more of a slant on where they're coming from. Really cool. Yeah. Thanks, Vase, for including us in Blackest Friday 2019. Thanks to the awesome Arkham community for being up for competitions. And thank you to FFG for sending us Followed. It's really cool to announce cards. It's got me all excited about the search for Kadath. But that is not everything for this episode, because also, maybe long overdue, I'm not quite sure. No, perfect time. It's time now for us to talk about the entries to the competition we ran. So Peter, do you want to just run listeners again through what the competition was? Place this in context. So we tasked listeners with coming up with a deck based on a restricted card pool. They had access to cards from the core set, so two copies of the core set, the Path to Carcosa cycle, and the Circle and Dunn cycle. So this restricted the cards people could use. You couldn't just slap in Charisma or something like that. Uh, and that was as much guidance as we gave people, I think. Yeah. And we've got quite a few entries. Yeah, and I've got to say straight away, the quality of the entries was across the board really high yes really tricky kind of diving into this because yeah there are so many good entries and it felt like people really embraced this as a competition it was like a good one for scratching that deck building itch i think yeah it really was and every list i looked at did something else surprising or interesting Mm, yeah which was yeah. really really cool to see and and a few people commented that it made them look at their card pool in a slightly different light uh, yeah. shook up their deck building because they weren't allowed to rely on some of the staples that they, they would normally use. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned charisma earlier. You also think about things like shortcut or quick thinking not available. Think about some of the great cards from Forgotten Age that are all now escaping my mind as I try and think of them all. Yeah, there's plenty of different cards essentially that we've come to slot into decks that seem to have compete in decks and now they were gone and people had to be inventive so we thought we'd mention a few decks and then we'd round back to who's won 
which deck shall we begin with, Peter? Well, there was... Uh, honestly, uh, if you don't mention your deck, it's just because all of the decks were great. Mm. Sorry, the cat's playing with his toy and sneezing. So we'll, we'll go through a few that we really liked, and then we'll jump to the winners, and I think we've got a runner-up as well. Mm. Yeah. One of the ones that jumped out to me as being a really good fun deck was My Two Dads. Do you want yeah. to take us, take us through the idea of this one, Frank? So this, <laughs> the deck's name is taken from the 80s sitcom My Two Dads. And so the idea is that this is a Seth Russo deck that has Dario Elamine and David Renfield as the dads, like Seth's, Seth's dads, I guess, is the, the rest of it. Yeah. And I suppose it's then using them to generate resources. It's got a bunch of the favors in there. It's got small favor and Intel report and then various other good events. It's got a calling in favors so you can use Dario to fetch David or vice versa. And yeah, it's just kind of jolly Seth deck. Yeah, I like it. It was, it was really good fun. It was a really nice write-up as well. Uh, from uh, It was Glyn who sent that in, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks Glyn. Really cool, really jolly. What about you? Next, is there any ones that you want to shout out? Yeah, I want to shout out. There was a, a really cool Finn deck. It was called Had to Be Sharp. It's published on ArkhamDB, and the thrust of this deck is taking Finn and lots of the big money cards. So Finn, it takes Dario as well. It's nice to see our, you know, the rogue patron getting getting featured, and then it takes investments and well connected uh, money talks. And the, the kind of cornerstone, this is pre-Taboo 2, the kind of cornerstone of the deck is Drawing Thin and Pickpocketing. So you're using Drawing Thin to maybe make intellect tests harder for Thin and generating huge amounts of resources that you then slew into Well Connected. Yes. One of our listeners, Andy, runs a blog called Deciphered Reality, where he dives into data analysis on ArkhamDB. And he submitted, submitted as an Akachi deck... Sorry, I'm going to have to take this off because it's just clattering about with it. So, listener, if you can hear some noises on the line, <laughs> Hendrik's very keen to feature in this episode. Have you given him... It sounds like he's got, like, Playmobil or something. Uh, he was like, he had a ball, he's got a ball in a truck and he was just battering, battering it around. Um, but I've, <laughs> I've taken it out of the way now. Oh, he's found something else to fiddle with. He's just like a mischief engine. Hang on a sec. <laughs> Look! Can you just be quiet for 10 minutes? You're in a vase. How did you even get in there? Don't look at me like that. So, uh, one of our listeners, Andy, has a blog called Deciphered Reality, and he does uh, like data analysis on uh, ArkhamDB cards. And he's done some really, really cool posts and, and, and shares some of that information with us. He submitted a deck. I think it's very much playing to the judges because it's the kind of thing I love. <laughs> and he wants to make one of the worst cards, or least played cards, as good as possible. And he's done an alchemical transmutation deck with the aim to maximise the amount of resources he gets off alchemical transmutation. And that's the aim it's of the worth deck. It's noting <laughs> he, posts, he posts a little graphic. Yeah. Of showing other, you know, un... it's least played cards. Other... Yeah, least played cards, and and alchemical transportation isn't at the bottom. You know, there's daring maneuver, hiding spot, and stealth are down there as well. So he 
He's got scope. He hasn't gone for quite the bottom. He's gone for one that he fancies. Yes, yeah. he does have scope to go even worse in the future then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to plumb the depths. That was a really, really fun deck, that actually, I like that a lot. It just looks like a really kind of almost good stuff for catchy deck as well. Just get some spells down, make some money, mess some people up. Yeah. I like it. It's really good. Thanks, Andy. Are there any other ones we want to shout out? So that was a deck that was playing to the judges. There's a Daisy deck as well. Oh, yeah. Isn't playing to the judges, but is playing... This is a Cameron's deck. It's playing to the challenges of the deck building. And really what it's playing to is the delusion set in Path to Carcosa. So that's the hidden cards in Path to Carcosa. It's the original hidden cards, not the ones in the return to Path to Carcosa. So these are the ones that you take double actions to clear. Uh, They're whispers in your head. And they stop you triggering free abilities, committing skill cards to skill tests, playing events, and moving more than once. Yes. So Cameron has built a daisy deck that has a grand total of zero events and skills (laughs) to play around the delusion set and, and try and... Yeah, mitigate some of the damages of that said. Well, set. I mean, you, so some of it, it's all of it. Yeah. There's there's not a card in there which will be triggered by, which which would impact on any card in the deck. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Arcane Initiate has a free trigger ability, so that, oh, that yes, stops yeah. it slightly. <laughs> and he does point out as well that he's running Esoteric Atlas in the deck because that will get him around the you cannot move more than once each yeah. turn stipulation of whispers in your head dread that he can still teleport using his <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's really inventive deck really cool and you, you know i like my 10 assets 10 <laughs> skill decks so my eyes were on stalks when i saw this one okay well we've got i'll tell you what we'll, we'll talk about our runner up so this was mm-hmm. this was a really fun deck it was i guess a little bit of a gimmick, but I think it was so neat and so nice the way he put the deck together. Who's, whose deck was this? This was uh, Josh. Josh's deck. Yeah. So this is... It's worth... It's, <laughs> the, the gimmick of this deck as well is not the fact that he's put Old Book of Law in Roland. No. Just because you've mentioned a couple of times on the cast Old Book of Law in Roland. I just find yeah, something man. really funny about the idea of this uh, fed there with his guns and his evidence and his uh, scene of the crime suddenly pulls out yeah. this really old book to look something up. <laughs> I just I find it endlessly yeah. amusing. Anyway, yeah, so the deck is called Desperate Roland Can't Escape Carcosa. So he, he uses some of the desperate skill cards and has a generally like quite a thematic Roland deck. Yeah, there's Alice Luxley in there, Agency Backup in there. Crack the case. That feels quite Rolandy, doesn't it? Crack the case. Yeah, yeah. Something worth fighting for. And scientific theory, which I quite like as a Fed. It's a bit like Dale Coopery. Yeah. Tibetan theory. But at the end, uh, he reveals. Oi! I just got bitten by my cat. At the end, he reveals that every card in his deck begins with one of the letters from Carcosa. Yeah. Cult lexicon, yeah. Alice Luxley, research librarian. Old old yeah, book old. of law, ambush. <laughs> calling yeah, in favours, crack the case on the hunt, shortcut. <laughs> He's gone for the shortcut level two, worth noting as well. Yes. Which came out in Carcosa, 
rather than shortcut zero, Correct. which came out. Ah, yes, of course. Really nice use of XP as well to get around the rules. Yeah. No, really like this deck. Really fun twist. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it too. It, he also double-checked that the signature cards and the weaknesses he's got also began with the letters from Carcosa. So you've got <laughs> co- so cover-up and roll and special. special. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really good. Really good. So yeah, maybe a bit gimmicky, but I think it turned into a really like intriguing deck. I think all of these decks, I wanted to play them. They made me think, oh, these are exciting ideas. Yeah. And it reminded me of how much creativity there is in the community. I really like the idea of it's almost Roland lost in Carcosa, not able to stop thinking about it as these cards keep on yeah. coming up, which remind him ever so slightly of Carcosa. Every card in the deck you draw has a little bit of Carcosa in it, which I really liked. I thought it was yeah. lovely and yeah, thematic. really good. So highly commended yes. from us. I thought really cool. Which leads us to our winner. We're gonna. We're, I think we'll post the link to all of these. Do we want to post the link to all of these, or should we just post the link to the? Uh, if people have published notes? their decks, we can post a link to them. I think. Yeah. So we'll post links to decks in the show notes anyway. We'll make clear which is the winner. So this is Tim's deck. It's a Norman Withers deck, and it's called the Case of Norman Dexter Withers. And yeah, it's just magnificent isn't it really? yeah it's it's, yeah. it's it's a nice it's a great it's a nice up. deck but the, the write-up is incredible it just goes into mm. a huge amount of detail starts off with the first thing that caught my eye which i really liked is the the staff profile for norman withers professor of yeah, astronomy selected publications so good yeah comments on the recently expounded yeah. relativity principle and the theory of gravitation so good. He's done one one publication with Daryl Simmons. He's done another with Harvey Walters. So a little nod to other investigators that we know of. And then in his content section, there's nine separate sections. This after the staff pro- profile of why Norman, why play the deck, a new prologue for Carcosa if you're playing as Norman, role playing as Norman, a play guide, um, miscellaneous pointers, playing solo or multiplayer, upgrading and closing remarks. And it has colour, it has images, it's just a really lovely write-up. And it looks like a pretty decent Norman deck to me, I would say. He's gone for Hubert's Key, Shriveling and Deny Existence as his five level zero mystic cards. You know, some people don't like to take Shriveling at level zero, but I think it's still a pretty reasonable choice. And then he's packed in a lot of nice Seeker events. And he's got the, the Hawkeye folding camera in there and a cult lexicon, which I think are both really nice Norman picks. And Mr. Rook, which we both love. Yeah, in Norman. Absolutely, yeah, he's a great Norman card. He also makes the point that Norman is a very, almost a classic Lovecraft protagonist in that he starts off as, I think he uses the phrase, a seeker of knowledge, literally a seeker. Yeah. And then as the campaign progresses, he becomes more attuned to the mythos. Yeah. So he follows that that trajectory, doesn't he, that other Lovecraftian protagonists follow. It's really nice. Yes. So yeah, congratulations, Tim. Really lovely write-up. We both really enjoyed it. Really cool deck. Listeners, I hope you go and check these out because, yeah, they were super What does fun. Tim win? So Tim wins a return-to box of his choice. And if he wants to save and wait for Return to Forgotten Age, that's fine. If he wants to email his details or who well, we have his email already so i'll send him an email from our drawn to the flame Perfect. email address and then he also wins very kindly donated by by the same token a series of carcosa 
related tokens? Is that what they are? Yeah, so they're a series of tokens. They're not specifically tied to a particular thing in Carcosa. They're, they've got the H-word on one side and the man and the pallet mask on the other side. They're gorgeous tokens, some of my favourite tokens they've done. And they can be used for doom or clues or tracking the stranger. Brilliant. So yeah, they're, they're beautiful tokens. And when, we, when we'd announced this, we'd... The return to um, Path to Carcosa box had just come out, so we'd always envisaged giving that away. But we appreciate people might have bought that in the meantime. So, yeah, Tim, if you want the return to Path to Carcosa, we'll sort that out. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll sort you out with, with whichever yeah. one you want. Or maybe you haven't picked up Return to Zealot or Return to Dunwich. Just let us know. And thank you so much to uh, buy the same token, friends of the show. Yeah, if you're looking to buy new tokens to spice up how you're playing Arkham definitely go and check them out they're on Etsy and on eBay so you can find them on there they've got an amazing range of tokens it's really cool they've just announced their Marvel LCG ones so if you're getting into Marvel LCG check those out as well yeah and thanks to everyone again who entered really enjoyed the creativity really liked seeing what people came up with and really great entries yeah well I hope you've enjoyed this episode you can get in touch with us in all the normal places Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com, Drawn to the Flame on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and Designed by Humans. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United Everywhere. That's U N I T L E D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit and Discord, so please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E P H underscore B E E. I'm F E B on Instagram, and then I'm around the places Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Glyn Brown talked of his dreams in a strangely poetic fashion, making me see with terrible vividness the damp, cyclopean city of slimy green stone, whose geometry, he oddly said, was all wrong, and hear with frightened expectancy the ceaseless, half-mental calling from underground. It may have been only imagination, and it may have only been echoes which induced one of the men an excitable American, to fancy he heard antiphonal responses to the ritual from some far and unillumed spot deeper within the wood of ancient legendary and horror. This man, Nathan Early, I later met and questioned, and he proved distractingly imaginative. He indeed went so far as to hint of the faint beating of great wings, and of a glimpse of shining eyes and a mountainous white bulk beyond the remotest trees. Leo Anderson. Yep. We got Ursula Downs. Mm-hmm. We got. I'm trying to think of the best order to do them in. We got <laughs> uh, Father Matteo. Mm-hmm. We got Skidzo Tool, and we got Calvin Wright. No, oh. we didn't get Skidzo Tool. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what a blue. He indeed went so far as to hint at the faint beating of great wings, and of a glimpse of shining eyes and a mountainous white bulk. <sighs> Sorry. 
I'm just laughing because this is this is just Nathan. Yeah, I know. I feel like I did a good job finding that. <laughs>